We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season. 40 to 75% off everything. Plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from $4.99. Logo styles from $16.99. And jeans from $19.99. Shop in-store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Dynasty Tradecast, the official, I said the official, podcast of mybookie.ag. It is week 13. The playoffs are almost here. We are currently midway through Monday Night Football, and some people are tilting, some people are celebrating. My good friend, Mr. Nathan Powell, are you tilting or are you celebrating tonight? Uh, I'm tilting, tilting as the kids say. Uh, I've had several uh, league playoffs start uh, in week 12 and week 13, and those, those playoffs have, have not gone well. Uh, I made it to the Scott Fishbowl playoffs. You may have heard that, of that league before. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, and uh, I have two players in that league uh, in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, one of those players' names was Kareem Hunt, and then the other player's name was Leonard Fournette. So uh, did either of those guys score any points this weekend? Um, you know, I'd have to look, but just kind of based off what I saw on Twitter, I'm going to go with a firm no. Uh, <laughs> that is rough. Um, I have what you would call a Scott Fish hangover, which actually doesn't include any scotch, which I think is kind of ironic. Uh, my team was basically dead from week one, uh, injuries to boot, and just underperformance. Uh, but such is life. Uh, I'm doing very well in most of my dynasty leagues, as you probably uh, are a witness to, because I think pretty much all of the leagues I'm destroying people in, we're in together. You're just so humble, Dan. I'm the humblest of all of the humbles, uh, all the way from Humble Town. 
So we are going to dive in to some week 13 storylines, some things to look at for the future, a um, little bit of coaching business to deal with. But before we hop in to the actual fun stuff, I just want to give everyone a very quick reminder that you can support the Rotobiz Radio Network and our 10 shows per week on Patreon. By doing so, you'll gain exclusive access to Rotoviz Live, our weekly Sunday morning video show answering all of your questions. Patronships start at just $5 per month and provide exclusive access to Rotoviz Live. That's four shows per month on top of 40 podcasts for just $5. Become a Rotoviz Radio patron today and join an exclusive community of listeners, access premium content, and do your part in helping the network to grow and to continue to produce high quality, industry leading programming. Speaking of exclusives, as a loyal podcast listener, you can get a 30% off discount the Rotoviz NFL Pass right now. It's available through the NFL Podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Season is here. We're in the playoffs. You need, you need Rotoviz more than ever right now. Make sure you're ready. Uh, gain limited access to, to our NFL content and tools. Get amazing value and support the podcast network. Once again, that's rotoviz.com slash podcast and support uh, Rotoviz. Support the guy that was at uh, Jeff Miller's Thanksgiving. I like it. I love it. Uh, I do, in fact, want some more of it. But let's dive in to the players on the docket this evening. Uh, the obvious starting point, I think, is Kareem Hunt here. Uh, obviously, um, it made some idiotic decisions that transpired, but we aren't going to dive into any of the video or of that nonsense. Uh, we are to speak on the uh, fantasy future of said former Chiefs running back Kareem Hunt. Um, you know, having a, a solid year, a few flashy games here and there, um, a, some mediocrity, which I think is interesting in how strong that offense has been. Uh, but at the same time, maybe he just kind of gets lost in the shuffle with how great Patrick Mahomes has been. So, Nathan, this you know, former what third round rookie draft pick uh, blew up last year in, in what was a very good offense that just became an elite offense. But now, at least in my eyes, no matter where he goes, it's going to be a step back. Assuming he goes anywhere. Uh, the talk around the town is, is a minimum, you know, six game suspension with whatever else, um, Nathan, what are we what are we supposed to be doing with Kareem on here? Uh, aside from, I would assume stashing him. Uh, what are your thoughts? So it's a bit interesting with Kareem Hunt because it's hard to get a true gauge on his value because many trade deadlines had passed by the time this news had happened on Friday. So a lot of leagues where I would have tried to test the waters, I couldn't just because of, of a trade deadline. I still am in favor of a trade deadline because I think it creates activity. But just speaking in, into Kareem Hunt, on the few leagues that didn't have trade deadlines or had a later trade deadline where I was able to try and you know sniff out the price of Kareem Hunt, I was expecting the price to be like an early second plus a piece or like a Kenyon Drake type plus a piece. And if it was that type of price, I think it's palatable. It's worth the risk. There is certainly, you know, it's within the range of outcomes that Kareem Hunt never plays football again. It happened to Ray Rice, but certainly that was toward the tail end of his career. So it's not likely that Kareem Hunt is done. But the fact that he passed through waivers on Monday and he wasn't signed by a team, that's, you know, it's a very negative indicator for Kareem Hunt that he's not going to be having an NFL job anytime soon. So for me, my risk palette, my, my how much I'm willing to gamble on him playing again and returning to 
you know, the level of an RB1, top six, seven dynasty running back. It, it's like a late first and early second plus a piece. I'm not diving into, you know, some sort of mid first or something like that. Certainly, obviously, he was worth much more than that a week ago, but, it, you know, things have changed. Yeah. I mean, if, like you mentioned, if you still have trades open, um, or maybe it's a league where only playoff teams can trade with other playoff teams and non-playoff teams can trade with non-playoff teams. Uh, if you're if you're in the market for some future points at running back and you're still able to to make that move, you know any non-premium asset is is probably what what I'm maybe looking to to move, whether it's for Hunt or to get rid of Hunt. Um, I, I'm I'm not. I, I guess I'm not convinced that he's necessarily an elite back. Uh, I think he's a good back with that. That was surrounded by great players in Kansas city and it kind of elevated his game. So I'm not sure that even if he does land in a favorable position that he'll ever get back to producing uh, kind of how he has been producing. Obviously the touchdowns have really kind of been where, where everything's been for him. I mean, he's got, he had 14 touchdowns through 11 games with with uh, Kansas City, and he had 10 or 11 all of last year. So um, the touchdown upside is is not going to be as high. I don't think wherever he goes, and I think I think if you are looking at at acquiring, it's got to be a non premium asset, like you said, late first, early second. I'm not sure I'm getting giving anything more than a second, maybe another piece. Um, it's it's these are the ones that are a little bit too high risk for me. Um, you know, we've seen the NFL prove a point in, in punishing players before and kind of not necessarily blackballing them, but but because obviously they deserve to not, you know, be be you know, have that job. But um it, it we'll see. There we have the redemption stories, we have the failure stories. So we'll see how this turns around. Hopefully, hopefully uh everything works out and, and everything but no more sad sappy stuff uh let's move into the successors of mr kareem hunt uh we've got spencer ware we've got um damian williams something called daryl or darrell williams uh, West. i i think anthony sherman's still alive somewhere um, does Tyreek Hill have RB status? Who knows what's going on here? I do know that we've seen Spencer Ware in this role previously. And honestly, the only reason that Kareem Hunt got those that full-time workload to begin with was because Spencer Ware went on IR uh, as a rookie, I'm, I'm saying, for Hunt. Um, obviously, he's proven that he he had that, that job now and he's kind of stuck with it. But we've seen Spencer Ware produce at a pretty high level in an Andy Reid offense. And, you know, I, I can't imagine anything's gone too far in just a year and a half. So uh, I think I think Spencer, even though his game this week was pretty mediocre, it kind of goes in line with what Kareem Hunt had been doing. Uh, aside from maybe a, a, just a little bit shorter on yardages, you're looking for a touchdown um, in 75 yards or so on the ground. And you hope for some targets through the air, but I think now they'll kind of spread it around a little bit more. Um, I think the big, 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 big benefactor here is Travis Kelsey. Um, not that he wasn't already producing, you know, just tons and tons of fantasy points, but um, anything that's underneath, even though they look to him downfield quite often, 
Uh, I, I just feel like he's going to kind of dominate that target share. But we want to look at those running backs. So, Nathan, is there a specific running back here that you're targeting, whether it's short-term um, for the playoff stretch or long-term? Um, maybe someone in this backfield has the Kansas City Chiefs future running back uh, up up in the air, maybe? I, I don't know. Uh, I, I think I do know, and I, I know that – Spencer Ware is not the future running back for the Kansas City Chiefs. He's in a contract year, and, you know, he certainly – he didn't show as much in – twenty. I mean, he, he's not, he hasn't shown so far in 2018 what he did in 2016 with his big 9-20 yard season. Um, that obviously has Kareem Hunt ahead of him. But for me, with Spencer Ware, uh, I think that he's kind of shown he's just a mediocre talent that was in a good situation in 2016. And he's likely not to be in that situation again in 2019. Uh, so – I think that for the most part, this is just a, a short play, a guy who is going to put up points because of the volume right now. Uh, I think that Charkandrick West is the more intriguing back after Spencer Ware between the Daryl and the Damian Williams. I think that they brought in Charkandrick West to be, you know, like a third down guy for that team. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, if you can sell Ware now for, you know, early second, late first, that's the type of value I'd be looking for. But I, I think overall Ware is the – is definitely the sell piece of this backfield. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think, well, maybe not now. I mean, I mean, he had a fine week. He didn't, he didn't come lay a complete egg. Um, so if any of that value is still where it was going into the game, because people were shopping him for crazy prices, I was getting offers in leagues for just asinine values. So, um, I think I think you're absolutely right here. I think he's he's definitely a sell. I do like Spencer Ware. I think he's a fine running back. Um, you know, mediocre. He's replacement level, if we call him that. But we know that the Chiefs escalate running back play pretty much across the board, and it's kind of always been the Andy Reid offense that's that's always made you know average or slightly above average guys look look much better. So I think uh, I think the consensus there is is definitely to to sell Spencer Ware. I don't think anyone here is the long term play in Dynasty. I don't think anyone's got a. Uh, um, an inside line at that job. I think they either a go back to the drawing board and and maybe draft the mid round back, or if something goes haywire this year and they don't make a real Super Bowl push and at least get to like the AFC Championship game, uh, I think you see them put their chips in the middle and go after someone like Le'Veon Bell, which would make that offense just insane. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so let's move into our uh, big coaching news. Uh, thank the Lord, we finally lost another one of the the uh, head coach turds. Even though there's probably six or seven before I thought would get fired before Mike McCarthy, we finally say uh, goodbye to Mike McCarthy from the Green Bay Packers. I am imagining that Aaron Rodgers is probably dancing a jig in his hotel room or maybe back at home in Green Bay at this point. Um, I'm not sure it's the necessarily the best thing for the team but i guess it depends on the path that they choose to go here uh nathan how do you think mike mccarthy's exit affects this packers offense and I, who do you think suffers the most from it and who do you think gains the most from it I, I don't think there's anyone that really suffers from the exit of mike mccarthy but obviously a lot of it has to do with what they do next and who, who they bring in at the coaching position i, I think that you know, the NFL was kind of skewing or needs to be skewing away from the old white guy head coach, you know, the Mike McCarthy's of the world, the guys that keep on getting jobs, the Jeff Fishers. And 
I know Bruce Arians at times has seemed like a very good, you know, fantasy relevant offensive coordinator slash uh, head coach, but I do think he's aging out a bit. And I think that if the Packers want to succeed with uh, Aaron Rodgers towards the end of his career, I think that they need to go a little bit of the younger route, but that's, that's the current like trendy. Oh, this is the pick for the Packers. And that's Bruce Arians. Yeah. I think, I think that'll be a popular, a popular name thrown around. Um, my idea was to go more defensive minded at head coach and focus on that side of the fo- football, hire someone just to be a puppet, kind of like Jason Garrett in Dallas and just let Aaron Rodgers call the plays for, <laughs> for the offense. Cause it basically, anytime he audibles, the offense gets better uh, when they're calling those vanilla McCarthy plays like they have been, it's, it's been bad. And, and you know, everything, everything's going to be a net positive from this, you know, from, from something as small as clock management to as big as RB usage. Uh, I think, I think this was important for the trajectory of Aaron Jones. Uh, I think he has the most to gain from this as much as I, and and you know that I'm a Jamal Williams truther. Uh, I think it's very clear that Aaron Jones is, is the better back. Um, It was McCarthy and Jones's usage that was having me more worried, but now McCarthy exits. I think we see Jones, skyrocket uh, if we want to call it that i don't think he sniffs like a an rb1 type value but i think he definitely dabbles in that mid rb2 high-end rb2 tier uh if this offense starts to boom so do you have any anybody you're looking to really buy from this current offense as it stands not necessarily because i'm not a true believer in any like the talents long term i mean aaron jones obviously shown a lot this year to where you should probably be putting him in your top 15 dynasty running backs and i'm and obviously i'm fine with buying him at around that price point but from the rest of that this offense i'm not really too intrigued and this may be a bit of a reach but with mike mccarthy exiting I'm not sure the the jobs of the young wide receivers that just got drafted, the Jamon Moores, the Marquez Valdez, Scantlings, and even Amy St. Browns. Obviously, St. Brown and Scantling have shown a little bit of a flash, flashes. What we see so often when there's mid-round, late-round guys, and then there's a head coaching change, that the head coach is like, okay, now I'm going to get my fourth-round wide receiver and use him over Scantling, or I'm going to get my fifth-round wide receiver and use him over St. Brown. So I, I think that a turnover at the head coaching position could end up hurting the young guys because there's no loyalty with the new head coach. Right. I, I think I think that's just about spot on. I think if I were to target any of those guys, I think it would be Equinamius St. Brown. Uh, I think um, Valdez Scaling has was overhyped to begin with. Uh, I think it was just kind of a, a progress rate. He, he kind of got the, the playbook faster, maybe kind of implemented himself into the offense a little bit quicker. And it took EQSB just a little bit longer to kind of get in there. But I think on the field, one of those guys looks significantly better than the other one. So if if I was going to go out and just kind of dabble and, and look for kind of cheap buys, I think EQSB would probably be the one guy from that offense that I would be buying. Obviously, it's nice to have Aaron Rodgers. It's nice to have Devontae Adams. It's nice to have Aaron Jones. But you're paying premiums for those guys. So as far as, as maybe a, not necessarily a dumpster dive, but on the cheaper side, I think EQSB could be a decent buy. Okay, on to our uh, no more coach talk. Well, unless we decide to go down that path again. Um, We are going to move into San Francisco 49ers. Um, uh, Can we call this breakout game? I think we can call this breakout game. Dante Pettis, uh, over the last three weeks, he has totaled 20 targets for 13 catches. 
just over 200 yards, uh, give or take, and three touchdowns in this uh, this week. Big game against Seattle. Uh, five catches, 130-ish yards, uh, two touchdowns. So I think we have an official breakout day for Dante Pettis. Everyone throw your hands up in the air and cheer. Um, Nathan, was this something you saw kind of coming in the distance, or was this kind of a surprise to you? This was something that I saw draft season that I thought that he would be more involved in the offense uh, as everyone knows on draft capital till the day I die. And this was a guy who ends up getting picked at the 44th overall pick early second round of the NFL draft. And usually that projects, okay, this guy's going to get targets early on. He's going to get some, some action early on. And that really hasn't been the case. He's, you know, had some minor injuries, nothing serious, but enough to where he didn't climb the, scary depth chart of the San Francisco 49ers. Well, now he's kind of getting that opportunity in the last uh, few weeks. You, you noted his stats. And so if nothing else, this is, this just shows the coaching staff and it, it shows the team in general. Okay. This guy is for real. This is a guy who can be probably a wide receiver two in the offense entering 2019. And sometimes you just have to see that. Like when, when you have a rookie season where you don't do anything, you know, that, that can be demoralizing to the person themselves that can make the head coach say, oh, should I go out in free agency and, and get somebody or in the draft? And so showing this type of flash at the very least instills confidence in Kyle Shanahan and protects uh, Pettis a little bit as we enter 2019. Yep, I think you nailed it right on the on the top of the noggin there. I think he projects very well as a wide receiver too. I think he can be a high-end uh, type wide receiver too within the NFL. Uh, obviously, that's not going to really mean he's going to be a wide receiver too for fantasy football, but – uh, I think he's going to get targets. I think he's going to get them early and often now that he's kind of re-implemented. He's healthy. Uh, I really can't wait to see what he's going to do with Jimmy G. But I also think that uh, we should temper expectations just slightly. I do believe that San Francisco goes and, and maybe drafts that that with that early second-round pick. Uh, I think that's the pick that they still have. Uh, they go with that early second-round pick, maybe grab one of these nice wide receivers in this draft. I think maybe we see a couple of them slide. Uh, might be able to get you know, to Kalen Metcalf or uh, Nikhil Harry in that second round. So I think, I think if one of those big time guys is available, uh, I think we see San Francisco go that route. Obviously that's a long way off, but like you said, Pettis looks very nice as a wide receiver too. And I think he has some honestly really nice upside. Um, what's your, what's your dynasty price tag on him at this very point in time? I, I think it is pretty much where it was when he was getting drafted, that 202 to 204 range. I, I'm, I'm sure that most people had him, him getting drafted a little bit later, but that's basically where I was drafting. I was reaching a little bit because I was a big fan of his with, with his draft capital. And as you know, I, I do like players with special teams abilities. There's a difference between having a Carterell Patterson player who basically all of his success comes through special teams and a Dante Pettis who succeeds on offense, but also has the special team success a la a Tyreek Hill or a player like that. There's a big difference between special teams player and an offensive player who has special team success. No doubt. No doubt. So if you get, if you get any, any, let's say 112 enters your inbox for Dante Pettis, are you hitting accept? Ooh, uh, I mean, I'd probably just take the first because I, I think that I'd be able to profit more on it in, in May than you would on Dante Pettis. Sure. But, but I think that if you're talking about the 12th best 2019 rookie and Dante Pettis, it's very likely that they end up with similar or even the rookie having lesser value. Yeah. I think that's my toss up point. You mentioned quite often on the show that there's, there's some players that kind of hit those tiers uh, where they're worth more than a second, but less than a first. I feel like Dante Pettis is kind of that guy. Uh, I think, I mean, he wasn't worth more than a second two days ago though. 
No, no, no. Pre, you know, pre pre breakout, you probably could have gotten him for any mid second, uh, maybe even less than that, depending on on the owner whether they were soured, sick of the injuries, whatever, uh, or the usage. But uh, yeah, I, I think I think he's kind of that in that in between spot. Um, kind of a tough buy, kind of a tough sell. Uh, usually that's kind of how it goes after a breakout game, unless you're just not you're not into that player and you think that it's just kind of a fluke. Uh, I don't really see it as obviously we're not expecting 130 yards and two touchdowns, you know, often, but um, I don't think it's a fluke from the ability standpoint. I think the ability is absolutely there. So let's dive into another player before we hit a little mini break. We are going to talk about, uh, I think somebody we probably talked about early this off season when it was time to uh, decide whether or not you were going to use all of your fob earlier, if you were going to save some of it. Mr. Philip Lindsay of the Denver Broncos, who has taken a stranglehold of that backfield. We all thought that it was going to be the Royce Freeman show. Uh, then Philip Lindsay showed up, and maybe we thought, well, this is going to be a running back by committee. And it's just kind of the Philip Lindsay show. Uh, he's pretty much dominated touches, definitely, uh, definitely the carries. Um, he's and he's on a a pretty hot. St- season so far he's got back-to-back 100 yard games uh three or i'm sorry five touchdowns over the last three games on the ground so i think i think the big thing with philip Lindsay, and, and it's more of a denver bronco thing he's, he's not really getting schemed into into the passing offense much which when you have case keenum it's it's kind of tough to spread the ball around a ton uh you know you've got Cortland sutton that's starting to demand more and more targets and obviously you have emmanuel sanders who's there um, de facto number one, just because he's Emmanuel Sanders, he's still a very good player. Um, I think that's that's really the one downside to Philip Lindsay, and it's it's honestly somewhere I thought he would excel a little bit more after seeing him early on. Um, but he really hasn't had a ton of targets. He's had two games with five or more. Um, he had it was like week six or week seven. He had six catches for less than fifty yards. Um, and that was his big receiving, you know, out- output. So uh, Philip Lindsay's an interesting one. We know in the ADP ranks he's skyrocketed up because he has taken a hold of that, of that, um, of that backfield. Do you think Nathan that we see Royce Freeman grind out a larger role, or do we think that Denver is like, hey, we found our diamond in the rough, we're gonna roll with him? I think it might be time to bite the bullet on this one. And say Lindsay's for real. Uh, I, I tend to uh, fight it when it comes to undrafted free agent running backs because so often they Thomas Rawls and end up don't being a success long term. But I, I think that he's for real. I think he's the RB one in Denver. I think he's surpassed Royce Freeman fairly easily. And so, I mean, you may cite some concerns with the receiving game, but I don't know. I, I from what I've seen from Lindsay, he he should be the real deal in Denver long term as that running back. Uh, I throughout this season in uh, the uh, famous Kadush League, uh, I've been trying to trade you, Phil Lindsay, for the entire season, uh, and uh, you've basically been laughing in my face every time I've wanted Mike Gesicki in a second round pick. I'm guessing that you would uh, like to make that trade right now, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, with my, I'd, I'd probably go back and and hit accept on that one. That's it's, it's been a couple of weeks uh, since I've seen one of those offers, but yeah, uh, I wish I had a a crystal ball to. <laughs> to make that move. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm on board with you. I think, I think Philip Lindsay is, is that guy. And, and I think we see Denver continue to feature him. 
Um, I do think Royce Freeman has a role on the team, but it's not anything of volume. Uh, I think he's just kind of going to be that guy that spells Philip Lindsay and maybe gets that short yardage work. Um, man, Lindsay's looked great. Like I said, the only thing, the only, the only downside I see, and it's not even really a, a fault of his own. It's, it's a Denver thing is the, you know, the, the receiving output. So, uh, Philip Lindsay is for real. Nathan, do you have at this point in time, Philip Lindsay as an RB two overall? In Dynasty, I, I mean, I'd have to go through the numbers, but I would guess that he'd range in that like 21 to 25 range because guys like Duke Johnson and Tevin Coleman are in that range as well, and I think I'm still have, preferring those guys over Lindsey. Uh, just just slightly, maybe even think about Lindsey over Duke Johnson, but I wouldn't take him over Tevin at this point, especially we've talked about Tevin's impending value burst coming soon. Uh, but yeah, with, with Lindsey, I see him as a low-end RB2, high-end RB3 in Dynasty, and and it, his his opinions will vary. If for people that have been like me and very slow to catch on, they'll say, "Oh, he's worth like a late first, maybe a late first plus piece." I'm very willing to pay that at this point. But I saw on Twitter today that uh, Philip Lindsay's worth the 101, which is one of the most <laughs> crazy things I've ever heard. About. Yeah, when when a team doesn't have any anything invested in a player, um, and you just kind of took that lucky stab. You'd be surprised how willing they are to move off of of said player. So yes, you know draft capital is still relevant. Obviously, when an undrafted player hits, you don't know until they hit. It's not like, well, we got this, you know, we got this secret guy that no one knew about. You got lucky, <laughs> is what happened. You gave them the opportunity, they took advantage of it, and became a a real deal player. So. Uh, congrats to those of you that went out and spent all of your fob money on Philip Lindsay. It has paid off whether you decide to cash out now or ride, you know, ride the horse until it bucks you. So, uh, I think, I think Lindsay is like we've talked about and said it probably three or four times. I think he is the future, uh, in the Denver backfield. And, uh, I think, I think you just get to enjoy some fantasy points. Well, writing, uh, on draft free agents may buck you, but you won't buck you. My bookie. Watching football is fun, but it's more entertaining when you have some action on the games. You've heard me talking about this for weeks, and some of you are still on the sidelines. What are you doing on the sidelines? Get in the game. Whether you're an expert or a rookie, you should be betting at my book. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, like playing numbers on roulette, you create a big parlay. Pick three teams to win, and if you hit all three, you can t- turn $100 into $600. There's so much to bet on. College basketball, football, NBA, bowl season. Bowl season, folks. Who doesn't love bowl season? Uh, props, and even esports. My bookie is the one bet I know you'll be happy with all year. I recommend these guys because I really trust them. My bookie has been in the business for years. They've got really great online reviews. Their mobile site is easy to use. Sign up this week with my bookie, and they'll give you a 50% deposit bonus to jumpstart your bankroll. It's a great way to bank even more money when you win. Also, make sure to follow at bet um, at bet my bookie on Twitter. They personally respond to every DM and mention. Not to mention the fact that they're giving away ten thousand dollars of free money to their followers so far this football season. You'll be the first to know as soon as new odds and props are posted. Don't miss, don't miss out. Log on to my bookie right now and use promo code Rotoviz R O T O V I Z and get a fifty percent deposit bonus. That's promo code Rotoviz. You play, you win, you get paid. Free money, kids. It's hard to argue with free money. Go check out my bookie. Hop in those DMs if you have any questions, if you need anything, even just to say hi and tell them how great of a job they're doing. I know they love hearing that. Make sure you go check them out. All right. 
Let's get into phase number two of week 13. We now have two. Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season. 40 to 75% off everything. Plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from $4.99. Logo styles from $16.99. And jeans from $19.99. Shop in-store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com. Say Metro by T-Mobile, got the best deal in wireless, and it's all for you, all for me. Just switch quickly, because Metro has two lines for 80, and two Samsung Galaxy J7 Star phones for free, plus Amazon Prime included. That's the way wireless should be, only at Metro. Plus sales tax and activation fee. $50 plus rate plan required. Not valid for numbers currently on T-Mobile Network or on Metro in past 90 days. Offer subject to change. Offer valid for new Amazon Prime members. Amazon Prime has a $12.99 per month value. Restrictions apply. See store for details and terms and conditions. Uh, I know everyone's anticipating this guy. Uh, he's been a big name all year. Wait, no, he hasn't. Uh, I didn't even know this guy existed until I read, uh, literally, I, I read Nathan's notes and found out this was a person. I thought maybe it was my next door neighbor. <laughs> Jeffrey Wilson, <laughs> San Francisco 49ers running back because um, as many times as we resurrect Matt Breida, uh, he just keeps dying for our sins. So now uh, we may have a, a, a final death <laughs> and the rise of whatever this guy is. Nathan, tell me something I didn't know about Jeffrey Wilson. I'll tell you something you didn't know about Jeffrey Wilson. You talked about Philip Lindsay not having receiving prowess. Jeffrey Wilson, he's got receiving prowess. His second NFL game, eight catches for 73 receiving yards. How, how much else do you need, you know? Uh, but no, uh, from a strictly dynasty perspective, this is all flash in the pan business. Uh, I don't believe in Jeffrey Wilson, the guy who averaged 4.07 yards per carry on 15 carries. Um, I, I think that every year, especially this late in the season, there's suspensions, there's injuries, there's all these things. Guys who shouldn't be in the NFL get NFL snaps. And Jeffrey Wilson is an example of that to where he's just getting an opportunity that he shouldn't have. And when everyone's healthy next year and once the Niners have signed a free agent or drafted a running back or just Jarek McKinnon is healthy, you'll never hear of Jeffrey Wilson ever again. So if you could literally get a fourth round pick for Jeffrey Wilson, go right ahead and do that. That sounds interesting. It sounds it, it, Honestly, are we sure that they didn't just take – Matt Breida's jersey off and put somebody else's jersey on him because it sounds like he's doing basically what Matt Breida is. Um, I think, I think if you need, if you're really, really, really hurting for RB production right now, injuries across the board, it's a tough part of the season, especially now that we're in the playoffs. So if you really, really badly need anything at RB and there's just nothing to pick up and you're not able to trade, I, I think you know, you throw some money in the middle and see what comes out. But yeah, like you, like Nathan said, this guy does not have long-term value as much as we want to think he does. Hey, he's another one of those guys. Uh, it's not. Um, Jarek McKinnon is going to be the guy there. Matt Breida, whether he's in San Francisco or somewhere else, um, he's probably going to have more value. Even Raheem Mostert or Mostert or Mustard or whatever his last name is. He's better than this guy. And, and like I said, if you really, really badly need any sort of production for week 14, he probably is going to score a few points. Uh, in, in, a, in a Kyle Shanahan offense, a running back is going to score some points. We've seen Matt Breida do it for a while. We saw we saw Raheem's mustard do it. Uh, we're hoping to see a lot of Jarek McKinnon next year. But yeah, Jeffrey Wilson, like Nathan said, flash in the pan, all on board for that. Um, we 
we that's this this may be the last time you ever hear of Jeffrey Wilson, at least on the Dynasty Tradecast. Okay, let us jump on um, next another running back, San Diego Chargers. What was third string, but we don't know now. Justin Jackson, the uh, the short term replacement, uh, both he and Austin Eckler for Melvin Gordon, who is sidelined for a couple weeks, a few weeks, whatever it happens to be. We saw Justin Jackson look very, very, very good this week, uh, especially between the tackles. Uh, I think I think Austin Eckler is still a little bit uh, a little bit beyond him as far as the pass catching goes, but I think Justin Jackson is a very good player between the tackles, and and he showed how explosive he is and and really sharp cuts and really looked nice back there, uh, and and they seemed pretty pretty willing to kind of get in the get in the ball. I know he'd have a ton of touches, but uh, he was pretty darn good on the ones that he did get. So, uh, Nathan, what are we doing with Justin Jackson? I know a lot of guys, especially in you know leagues where you have taxi squads and whatnot, this was kind of a popular stash because of how how advanced that San Diego Chargers running back spot is. Kind of kind of similar to to like your Pittsburgh Steelers type. Um, what are we doing with Justin Jackson here? Yeah, Jackson was an intriguing prospect simply because of what he did at the Combine. He had a 95th percentile agility score, an 86th percentile uh, burst score on player profiler. Uh, best comparable, Shane Vereen. So, you know, so some things that, you know, would like about, you know, a backup running back. And I talked about how Dante Pettis proved enough that where he's going to have a role in 2019. There's a smaller version of that with an undrafted free agent or a seventh-round running back in Justin Jackson where he's now showing something – where he's going to at least make the team next year. And that's just, you know, that's the first step in, you know, having any sort of fantasy relevancy is making sure you make the team. So I think having some success now at towards the end of his rookie season was imperative to, to guaranteeing, and certainly not a guaranteed spot, but towards him being more likely to have a spot on the 2019 Chargers roster. Yeah, no doubt. And, and you see questions asked all the time. How, what does this do to Melvin Gordon's value? Melvin Gordon's value. Oh, stop. It, no, no. <laughs> but anytime you see somebody break out when somebody's missing, it's like, oh, they're going to take touch. He's not. This this more affects Austin Eckler's, you know, touch floor, I guess. Um, we're going to see Justin Jackson take over the, you know, the ground game, I think. I think we still see Austin Eckler work as that guy that spells in the passing game. Obviously, Melvin Gordon is the the back that does it all. Uh, he's running the ball. He's catching the ball. And then you get the each half of him broken down into Justin Jackson and Austin Eckler. So while Melvin Gordon is out, I think we see that work basically split down the middle. Um, Justin Jackson getting all of the handoffs and Austin Eckler getting anything through the air. Um, because I do think that works to both of their strengths. I do still think that Justin Jackson does have the upside uh, as a potential wide receiver because he's pretty scary in space. Uh, so yeah, I, I think, I think, like you said, he's definitely worthy of kind of a, I would say a, a back of the end roster spot. Is there, are you kind of feeling like you need to have deeper, deeper roster limits in order to kind of hang on to him throughout the off season? It depends on your format. And if you have off season roster expansion starting in January or off season roster expansion starting in May, if you have it in January, he's a fine stash. He's a guy that you can, you know, once you're pulling up guys from IR, you're pulling up taxi squad guys that aren't taxi squad eligible anymore. I think that he can still make your roster as long as you have roster expansion. But if you're in a 24, 25 man league with no roster expansion until the rookie draft, it may be hard to hold on to Jackson through the, through rookie draft season. Uh, but yeah, I mean, for now, I think he's just an end to bench stash and kind of a high up someone at that because 
even we've, the Chargers offense has shown that there's going to be two productive running backs in that offense. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I, I think yeah, I think you're I think you're right with with my same thinking there. Uh, I think Justin Jackson and Austin Eckler are both still going to be worth roster spots just because both do still have the upside. If anything were to happen to Melvin Gordon, uh, obviously neither of them is going to work as a lead back in that situation. But also both of them have a little bit of value when Melvin Gordon's healthy because guy needs a break. He can't play every snap unless you know he's not Christian McCaffrey. Uh, <laughs> let's move down the list. Um, Buffalo Bills wide receiver Zay Jones uh, coming off a two-touchdown week, and his fantasy output is kind of like the Buffalo Bills. It's either really good or it's thoroughly awful. Uh, this this team is super volatile. That offense is you never know which one you're going to get. It seems like it seems like we don't know who's ever healthy, who's going to get touches, who's going to do what. Uh, I do like Zay Jones, the player. I, I think I think he's got a, a decent amount of upside. I think I think he showed some some good things last year before he kind of did his own thing, um, and he's looked good this year when healthy. So I, I think Zay is one of those guys that if people are kind of undervaluing him because there isn't anything in Buffalo, uh, I think I think he's definitely worth a stab. I, I'm not really. I'm not really going to break the bank and, and go crazy and try to buy him. But do you think Nathan, maybe like a late second is going to get Zay Jones off of an owner? I think it could just from a guy who uh, would be frustrated with starting him and missing and then bench. I, there's nothing more frustrating when you, uh, that the MFL app allows you to like, look at your optimal lineup. Like, Oh, if you had done everything right, you'd have 160 points, but instead you have 124. Like there's nothing more frustrating than seeing Zay Jones go off for 28 and that on, on that, optimal lineup page but and that for that reason i think that zay jones is the ultimate best ball play sure i'll, I'll give up a late second for him and best ball because that bill's offense along with josh allen is going to be very inconsistent week to week until allen proves that he's a good nfl quarterback which i'm not sure he'll ever do but he's at the very least and i would talk about that with about this with uh jeff miller how he kind of has like a Blake Bortles type career arc with he's got the rushing yards. He's got the bad quarterback play. He's got the guaranteed job. So there's a lot to like about Josh Allen from a fantasy perspective. It's just the NFL perspective. How long is it going to last and how that correlates to Zay Jones is the inconsistency at quarterback are going to lead to the occasional like, Oh, two catch for 12 yard week. And those are going to kill you to the point that you can't ever start Zay Jones. So pure best ball play from play for me. I really don't want him on my seasonal rosters. Yeah, I think I think I'm still I'm still interested in having him um in, in basically any dynasty format. Um, like you said, definitely best ball though. And we mentioned those guys occasionally. Uh, you know, your Deshaun Jackson special. Um it, those guys that have the big games and then have stinkers. It's it's just kind of the nature of the beast for for a lot of guys in the in the NFL, a lot of wide receiver twos and threes on NFL offenses. Um, you know, you look at the San Diego Chargers that have three different guys in the the Williams non-twin twins and Travis Benjamin. Any of those guys can score two touchdowns and have 120 yards on three catches any given week. Um as and Zay Jones is kind of a similar type of guy. And and they and, and Buffalo has another guy uh in Ruben Foster that can do something Robert along Foster. those lines. Robert Foster, sorry. Um yeah, don't not no one wants Ruben Foster. Don't <laughs> don't pick up Ruben Foster. Um Robert Foster. Um, so yeah, I mean, like like I mentioned before, there's there's 
there's just nothing in Buffalo aside from whatever Josh Allen's going to be, like you said, Nathan. Um, but yeah, the, the upside, the upside is the big weeks are big. Um, so yeah, he's an ideal best ball asset. I think, I think I'm okay fading in dynasty, uh, unless someone's just kind of giving him away. Then I think I'm taking a stab. All right. We are approaching the end. We've got a couple of folks left. Uh, one of my favorites, um, coming out of the draft last season, coming out of the uh, out of dynasty drafts last season, is Tariq Cohen. Um, just a, a, I think we can officially call him maybe the muscle hamster since since uh, Doug Martin didn't want that one. Um, Tariq Cohen uh, before Monday night was top six in targets, yards, and touchdowns uh, as far as receiving goes amongst running backs. And then, you know, and, and this week, he, he, you know, he had a monster. He put up some crazy points, and obviously that one one that one one's kind of stands out a little bit. But this is this is the Matt Nagy offense. This is at its peak. Obviously, they don't even have Trubisky back right now. They're still playing with whatever Chase Daniel is, I guess. Um, we know that Tariq has the future, um, and, he, and he may not be the bell cow guy, but he is very, very, very locked in as that pass catching back. Um, Jordan Howard's gone after 2019. I would assume they're not going to waste the money on trying to resign him because he's going to ask way too much because he had a couple of decent seasons. Um, it's Tariq Cohen, man. He's and, and I've talked about it before. When when looking at any non bell cow running backs, I'm always, always, always taking the pass catching guys against the guys that get the carries. It's it's free points, honestly. Even when they have six catches for 13 yards, that seven points is going to be worth more than your 18 carries for 60 yards. Because that's a lot of times how those guys roll. So Tariq Cohen, for me, uh, he's been bumped up week after week after week after week. Uh, I'm not sure I can get him any higher. He's getting eerily close to RB1 status for me which sounds crazy but he's getting up there he's getting it done through the air um he gets he gets some work on the ground as well so nathan what are your thoughts on Tariq cohen and if you had to take a stab at a value on him what is the value it's climbing it's certainly climbing uh we talked about probably mid-season how Tariq cohen and jordan howard's values were converging cohen going up and hoard and Howard going down. I think we're clearly at the point of Cohen being the better fantasy uh, back and the better NFL running back in general. Uh, so I, I, I think that he's kind of in that mid to late first. I think you struggle to get a mid first if you're selling right now, but if you, and I, I would certainly advocate for selling at the mid first value, but I'm not sure I'd advocate for selling at the late first value. I think that a late first is pretty much pinpoint to where his value should be. He's not going to be a bell cow back in the NFL. But he can be a Duke Johnson type. He can be a Tevin Coleman type. Tevin Coleman doesn't have the receiving coast. But you know what I mean? As like basically the guy who's going to be getting all of the third down work and, and things like that at the NFL level. And Matt Bear's offense, yes, Trubisky has been up and down a little bit and he's been hurt the last few weeks. But they, there's a lot of weapons in that offense to where Cohen can certainly be, be successful as a receiving back in that offense. Yeah, abs- absolutely. I think, I think I'm more than comfortable buying at – that not necessarily 106, but I think I think if somebody said offer me 107, 108, 109, I'm happily taking Tariq Cohen there. Uh, I think it would take a 106 or better pick 
for me to even consider trading him. Um, but again, we, when we look back n- no more than a year ago, where was Jordan Howard in dynasty drafts? He was in late second into the third round kind of as the year progressed. And I don't know how we don't put Tariq Cohen there after we were just wanting to put Jordan Howard who could literally only run the ball, could not catch, even though we thought he could because he got a few. Um, it, to me, it, Tariq's really, really close to that range. Uh, obviously, there's there's still about a dozen running backs or so that I'm firmly – there's no way that Tariq Cohen is better than them. But there's a really muddy spot at you know that 12 or 14 to like 20 range where he's definitely in the high end of that. Wait, so hold um, on. Lindsay or Cohen? Cohen, for sure. Ooh, I, I don't know about that one. I think, I think Lindsay profiles as the the higher carry back out of the two. And I, and I know you just said, oh, let's take the guy who gets catches over the guy who doesn't. But for, for, I mean, And it's certainly very close, but I think I would lean Lindsay there. Yeah, and that's totally fair. It, it's it, For me, if, if there was – even a glimmer of hope that Denver planned on like showcasing him in the receiving game. I think that would be Lindsay hands down. Um, but yeah, like, like I mentioned, and you just mentioned that I mentioned, and we are now uh, in inception. <laughs> um, I'm taking the, the pass catching guys um, pretty much every time. The only, the only times I wouldn't take Cohen there. And like I just said, if, if we, if we had the idea that Lindsay was going to get an uptick in the receiving game. And it's not, I'm not saying that he's not going to, he very well could. It's just the way it looks now with the current coaching staff quarterback situation, the offense that's built around him. I don't see Lindsay stepping into that role. And it, it'd be for me easier to see Tariq Cohen gaining more carries than it would be for Lindsay to get more targets. If that makes sense. All right. Last, but certainly not least the guy that probably tilted half of fantasy football owners across the world into oblivion chase Edmonds, who decided to go ahead and have himself a two touchdown game at the expense of every david johnson owner in the history of the world chase Edmonds um had his first 50 yard rushing game in his uh very very short career and that's pretty much it he decided to score two touchdowns on yes you can count them five carries pretty good touchdown rate wouldn't you say yeah, I've been a bit surprised that Edmonds hasn't been more involved in this Cardinals offense. And I know there's been some jokes. I think that on like fourth down in like one of the first few weeks, they put Edmonds in over David Johnson. And certainly that's not the time to put Chase Edmonds in. But I thought he would get more of a featured, and I talked about this last week with, with Jeff Miller. There's such thing as like a featured second running back role where a guy is clearly getting enough touches that he's the number two running back in the, on that team. And, you know, it, it can be considered a feature back. I was consider. I I thought that that would be Chase Edmonds this year. That he would you know be getting a lot of touches that second running back position. That just hasn't happened. You know he's hadn't eclipsed uh, five five carries before this past week, um, and he didn't even do that this week. So he, he has never had a game over five carries, uh, and he just uh, vultures the two touchdowns, which may give you a glimmer of you know some sort of sell high window, but more so than anything, I actually think that. Wait it out, give it a couple more weeks of him having five carries or less and him not getting in the end zone. And his value will return to that mid-late third value, maybe even lower than that. And I'm a buyer at Edmonds of that value. So I did like him as a prospect. I thought 
he's in a really good situation in Arizona once things get straightened out with Josh Rosen and they start building around that offense. So I, it, it didn't work out in year one, but I, I, I do like that situation for him behind David Johnson. And for that value, I mean, even if it's only as a handcuff, if you're the David Johnson owner uh, and you believe in the handcuff, which obviously we've seen has been working out pretty pretty well this year, um, that's that's free money at that point. Even if he never sees the field, you have yeah, you can go, you can sleep at night. You have that peace of mind that you're going to have the uh, the lion's share of the uh, the Cardinals' backfield. Um, as far as Edmonds goes, I'm not. I wasn't really that high on him. I didn't see see a ton that I liked. Um, he's very he's very Lance Dunbarish. <laughs> if we want to if we want to call that his floor and his ceiling, I don't know what kind of fantasy output Lance Dunbar had, but I think that's kind of what Chase Edmonds is. I think he'll vulture some scores here and there, but yeah, he's a handcuff for me. I'm not. I'm not sure I'm giving up a third, even as a Johnson owner. Um, but I mean that value—it's kind of tough to beat, especially if his role—if his role starts to increase a little bit, and we see him kind of get to that eight carry mark and maybe get a little bit more involved in the passing game. Even though Arizona seems to not want to do anything with their running backs in the passing game, I, you know, more more power to him, I guess. <laughs> um, so yeah. I, I don't I don't hate the Edmonds pick. I, I think I think he'll be an okay kind of guy just to have as as some back end back of the end roster depth that that insurance policy. But that's about it for me. Yep, that sounds about right. Let's wrap up the show. On the, I want to let you guys know that you should give us a five star review on iTunes on Rotoviz Radio as well as the Nice Tradecast feed. We uh, appreciate all the love. And uh, once again, we miss you, Eric. We hope to see you back soon. And, uh, yeah, uh, that'll do it for this week's Dynasty Tradecast. Good luck in the playoffs, Dan. Hey, you know what, Nathan? I, you know, I'd say good luck to the playoffs to you. Good luck on those 101s. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Seriously, though, everybody, uh, good luck. Have fun. Don't tilt too hard. Make sure you're following everybody on Twitter. That's NPowellFF for Nathan at FF Dynasty Dan for your good pal Dan and at Dynasty Trades for our bestest friend, Eric Bertsloff. We will see you all next week. Summer's slipping away, so grab hold of Amazing at California's Great America before it's too late. Buy next year's season pass and get unlimited visits this year to experience rides, shows, and attractions. That includes incredible coasters, Boomerang Bay, and an amazing Peanuts-themed kids' area. Get this special offer for as low as 11 payments of $6.50 after an initial payment. Hurry to get the best price on the most fun you can have. Buy your 2020 season pass now at cagreatamerica.com. Summer's slipping away, so grab hold of Amazing at California's Great America before it's too late. Buy next year's season pass and get unlimited visits this year to experience rides, shows, and attractions. That includes incredible coasters, Boomerang Bay, and an amazing Peanuts-themed kids' area. Get this special offer for as low as 11 payments of $6.50 after an initial payment. Hurry to get the best price on the most fun you can have. Buy your 2020 season pass now at cagreatamerica.com. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. 
legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history, relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.